Hello, my name is Amadantis and this is my podcast, Life Happens with Amadantis. Welcome. This is part one of a three-part series, Your Life is Your Story. We need to write it well, but we also need to edit and often. From April 2019 until March the 23rd, 2021, I wrote a lot, figuratively, a huge novel. However, during those 12 years, I failed to edit. This part of my story started on the afternoon of April 7 in 2009, when I came home with a migraine. When I walked in our home office, I realized my husband had left his computer on, and I guess correctly, he had gone to walk the dog. I sat in front of the screen, not understanding what I was reading and whom this person, Jamie, was. As I explored the emails in front of me, I understood. Jamie was my husband's alias and he was having an affair. Wait, let me be clear. There were currently 2,000 emails in the inbox and several folders with women's names. I later counted and learned he had at least slept with 14 women until that time. A strong woman would have walked away. I, however, was so emotionally crippled that it paralyzed me. And coincidentally, he had put an ad on Craigslist telling women I was paralyzed. His ad read the following. At least read my posting so you can understand why I am looking for a special woman, a woman whose emotional and physical needs are not being met, possibly an ED issue or a circumstance like my own. I am a married man who has not been able to make love to my wife since she became disabled two years ago. While driving by herself, my wife was involved in a four-car collision and sustained a spinal cord injury, resulting in partial paralysis of her lower body, paraplegia. She is now in a wheelchair and in all likelihood will never be able to walk again. Because I do still love my wife and chose to honor the commitment I made to her in marriage, in sickness and in health, I have obviously decided to remain by her side. I hope to stay married to her forever, but the truth is that the past years have been very difficult for me, as well as for her. In addition to having stress, the stress of being my wife's caretaker, I also miss out on the two-way intimacy that my wife and I used to have regularly. We are still able to be affectionate with one another. After a lot of time and thought, I finally came to the decision I needed to do something to reclaim my own happiness, which had been lost since my wife's accident. I am in search for one woman who is open-minded and willing to be lovers. We would start as friends first. Hopefully there's one special woman out there who might be interested in such an arrangement. If you can understand my situation, you'll gain a great friend and lover who will make sure that you're happy with the time we spend together. I consider myself to be a very giving lover and I'm very affectionate too. This would be a discreet affair from both sides. Just so you know, I am open to meeting a woman of any race and body type, from thin to curvy and ages 25 to 50. I myself am white with an athletic body type, work out at a gym three times a week since I was a kid. I have a full hair, head of blonde hair and clean shaven. Thank you for reading my post. This broke me and continues to haunt me. <laughs> Sometimes every time I feel tired when hiking and running, these, this, this ad still comes to my mind. 
But Jesus has a plan for everything. We might not see it and be impatient. I personally am, and I think I bug him a lot. But he is so gracious and caring and has wrapped his, his arms around me so that I am completely, so that I don't completely break because sometimes I feel I'm still gonna completely break because it seems I still have Everest to climb and I am sure he has other plans for me. I totally trust in him. I met Jesus through my neighbor at the time to whom I had broken down within agony and had confided in. Her friendship and kindness kept me breathing. She introduced me to Beth Moore and gave me a few of her books, including Beth Moore, Breaking Free, Day by Day. And slowly, I became more hungry for Jesus' words of love. I continued my life with my husband and pretended we were a couple and, and committed to each other. <laughs> I was still committed to him. I felt small and unworthy of anything more. I was so depressed that I just threw myself into work, but I was so unhappy and alone. I saw every woman as a threat whenever I was out with my husband. Every time he looked at anyone, it shattered me more. But the slow road to finding myself again to where I am today started with an unsolicited job application by my friend, colleague, and employee my late friend Charles Vallier. He sent me an email asking for a French translation translator job when then he drove 18 hours from Quebec for a job interview and a test. By the time he arrived back home, I knew I was hiring him, even though I was not hiring for a French translator at the time. I just felt I needed to hire him. About a year later, he was diagnosed with ALS and then I understood. Jesus had brought him to me in Language Marketplace because we would help with medical benefits. And in return, I started doing something I had never thought I would. I started running. I started having a purpose. And Language Marketplace would go to raise funds for ALS. Running and raising funds for a nonprofit gave me a purpose. I, it made me feel a bit more human. Meanwhile, my mom passed away after being in a psychiatric hospital suffering from her own spousal abuse. During my runs, training for marathons, I listened to, to sermons mostly from This Is Villa's Church and Pastor Mark. During my runs, I would cry out to Jesus, and still do, to be with me, to heal me, to guide me. After Charles passed away, I was running a marathon in his memory and just before the finish line, it was like I got hit with a mountain of emotions and all I can think was about my mom and how I needed to deal with her death, honor her. And all I knew is I could not end up my life unable to get out, out from the couch and I needed to stop being depressed. I needed to work on it. I needed to live. I needed to run faster. I needed to do something. One day, I was talking to my friend Emmanuel, and uh, we started talking about charity work and mental health. We started talking about creating a foundation and all the people we would help and the good we could do. And then he teasingly said, I cannot climb mountains. I told him I could if he taught me. So in January 2017, um, I was actually in Mexico um, 
enjoying it and ice cream and I uh, I had gone down um, to a, a all-woman surf camp which this had been my attempt to work on my self-esteem and Emma Emmanuel called and asked if I still wanted to climb I remember feeling this strength in me with a possibility and when I said yes then he simply said okay we're gonna start with Carten's pyramid Climbing cartons proved to be more difficult than I anticipated. I first I broke three ribs before I arrived to rock climb training with the group, um, with our team. Emmanuel was going to guide us. Yes, Cartens Pyramid is actually one of the most technical peaks to climb, as it's a complete rock face. So one doesn't need to learn how to rock climb. Our first training um, as a group to, nav to, to navigate and work as a team and, and learn more about Cartens Pyramid had been scheduled for Victoria Day in Montreblon area in the Montagne de l'Argent. I decided to take a quick shower as I thought I was going to be very hot and I did not want to smell. I laugh now as smell and how you look while climbing is one of the last things you actually think about. But I was a newbie, so while taking a shower at my hotel, I slipped in the bathtub, and when bracing my fall, I hit my right side cage rib against the tub. I immediately felt exuberating pain. I lost my breath, and as I tried to get up and then go get dressed, tears were running uncontrollably. I was in so much pain. I did manage to walk out of the, to the village. I was staying in Montreblanc, but it was um, early and everything was closed. Um, I walked myself back to the hotel, went to the front desk, and um, they had Advil, so I bought a bottle. With all this, I was late to meet the team, and then when Emmanuel came to meet me at the parking um, to bring me to where the rest of the group was already listening to Leo, our trainer. He was a tad upset and with good reason. I was late. I was female. I had no experience climbing. I never had stepped on a mountain. And he knew the rest of the group and had already climbed uh, with them. And among others, they already had climbed Agankawa. The other members thought I was a token of Emmanuel. Anyways, I guess I have proved them wrong, but that is beside the point. That day, when I told Emmanuel I had slipped in the, in the bathtub and hurt my ribs and it was hurting, after touching my ribs where I said I fell, he guaranteed me that they were not broken or I would be hurting more. But um, I already had taken four Advils. But he knew best as he was a paramedic. And I uh, just let it go. But he did tell me um, to let him know how I was feeling during the day. And to be honest, anytime he asked me how I was feeling, I just smiled and said, okay. I just, that's how I am. Throughout the day, I kept popping out of feels like candy. I remember at one point midday break, as I lay over a rock to try and eat something while another team member was still doing something on a rope. As I lay my body down, it, it was like the whole, 
all the air was being sucked out of me and I can still remember the pain. I did relatively well um, training until the end of the day when I was on the rope um, and this was our, our, our last thing we were doing for the day. And I couldn't think on how to move from one point to the other, from one transition of the rope to the other safely, securing my carabiner and then moving my jumar. I remember Lean screaming at me that I was going to die on the rope and it was going to be a long night because he wasn't going to help me how to figure it out. Anyways, when I finally reached the top of the rope, um... Or Emmanuel just asked me what was wrong. It was like I knew how to do nothing. I drove myself to my hotel and as, as soon as I walked into my room, I broke down. Both in pain and emotionally. I did swallow my pride after a while and called Emmanuel crying and I couldn't breathe. And my pain was unbearable. He first told me it was the adrenaline of the day to relax, to go take a bath. But I guess through my sobbing, um, he asked if I was home, um, would I ask my daughter? He was referring to Nicole, who was a nurse, to take me to the hospital. Between sobs, I simply said yes. He came to pick me up and drove us to the hospital um, that Leo had called and found out that there was no one waiting in Emerge at the time. During our drive to that hospital, about 40 minutes away from Montreblanc, um, Emmanuel lectured me on trust and communication and how I needed to trust him and communicate with him. As in the mountain, it's not only my life on the line, but his as well. And also, uh, he ended up saying that it, he was just humoring me going to the hospital as he was positive nothing was broken but just bruised but he wanted to um, calm me down and assure me I was okay. It was established at the hospital I actually had three broken ribs and to this day I still remember Emma looking at the doctor and reacting to her diagnosis in French. N'est pas possible. The long weekend training was over and Emmanuel was forced to drive me back to Toronto the next morning. And even though Leo assured me he was no longer worried about my capabilities of climbing and coming down safely as he felt I would come down on my own even if I broke a leg as I would endure the pain, I felt guilty as it meant Emmanuel lost also two days of training because of me. I had been booked to go to, De, to a De Denali prep course on Mount Rainier with an all-women's group um, to learn about actually climbing mountains. Mount Rainier is in Washington State, just south of Seattle. Because of the snow conditions on that mountain, are, they are a bit similar to Denali. It's a great place to train, and um, many mountaineers go um, to Mount Rainier to train. And I thought um, an all-women group would be great for me. I did manage to go. My ribs had a five weeks of healing time by that time, but it provided it proved to be one of the most horrible experiences I've ever had on any mountain. Um, the training, instead of building my self-esteem, it crushed it. Instead of feeling 
Instead of making me feel empowered next to the rest of the women on the team, I only felt small, inadequate, and dumb, and I knew I hated climbing in such big groups and dealing with everyone else's personalities. To the point that when I came home and Emmanuel asked me how it went, I said I could not climb. He assured me that Cortez would, with a regular team would be different. Looking back, I feel it was actually my insecurities as a woman that contributed to the poor experience. It was my low self-esteem for my personal life that was being transferred here. I, I didn't know at the time if I believed them. I believed Emmanuel when he said Cartens would be um, different. But I had committed to going to Cartens, so I was. Emmanuel was right. Cartens was different. And through long days and even tears, many tears, <laughs> uh, we summited. Emmanuel helped me gain confidence with my fear of heights while always encouraging me. I, I don't remember actually hearing him <laughs> in his encouragement while we were climbing. But I, I must have felt it because I did it. But it is recorded on our GoPro, so I know his encouraging words were there, and I was obviously hearing them. I became the first Portuguese woman to climb in Summit Cartens Pyramid. And when at the end, Emmanuel said, okay, let's jump off the mountain together on the count of three. And we did. It was a bittersweet moment. And it, this is how I would be headed also on my journey to becoming a mountaineer and to start gaining my self-respect and self-worth again back.